everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Hot Hits Wrestling Podcast. I'm Hitzer. I'm Hardy. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about WWE Hell in a Cell 2022, mm-hmm. uh, where most notably Cody Rhodes worked with a gruesome torn pack mm. through um, a 30-minute Hell in a Cell match against Seth Rollins. Plus, we'll be talking about NXT in your house 2022, mm-hmm. where several new champions were crowned. Um, and then we'll be moving on to some big news topics that we haven't had time to talk about yet, particularly with Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out due to creative differences. Mm-hmm. We'll also talk about MJF walking out and then turning that into uh, turning that shoot into a work cool. uh, with its pipe bomb promo on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite last week. Um, finally, we'll talk about CM Punk's unfortunate broken foot, yeah. which forced the company to scramble to kind of messily set up an interim world championship scenario mm-hmm. here. La. Um, so we'll talk about the mess going on there yeah. uh, later on. But, I mean, let, let's begin with WWE. We haven't talked about WWE in so long, man. Um, let's kick it off with Hell in a Cell 2022. It begins with what I consider to be um, just as a pure match, like in-ring technicality yeah. and stuff like that, you know. Um, the best match of the night. This has the best technique of the sure. night. The, the the main event had the best story of the sure. night. But WWE Raw Women's Title Triple Threat match. Bianca Bella defense against Becky Lynch mm-hmm. and Asuka in what I felt was like a goddamn banger um, and a candidate for Women's Match of the Year. What do you think about this one? Not only Women's Match of the Year, like one of the top matches of the year as well. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Um, this was a banger, like what you said, from top to mm. bottom. Uh, and I mean, <coughs> sorry, but the, I just forgot like how good Asuka is, mm, mm, you know, mm. but again, when she's given the time and she's given the opportunity to shine, right? God damn, she's mm. really good. Um, mm. and also her dance partners are awesome. Like, you know, uh, Becky and, and Bianca, you cannot ask for better dance partners. Like. Yes. Um, yeah. all in all, this was very entertaining because it's non-stop action. One, especially a triple threat, right? Where? It goes non mm. nonstop all the way. <coughs> I really had fun watching this, especially as an opener. Mm. Uh, I had no expectations at all, but then knowing, I mean, looking at the, the I mean, looking back and looking at who is the, the the three wrestlers, I should have known that this was going to be a banger. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. And again, yeah, they didn't disappoint. I, I I really had fun watching this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bianca, Asuka, and Becky. Put on an incredible match. Uh, the three women gave us drama. There were feats of incredible strength, character work, and a finish that, in of itself, is very clever and plays into the larger story at hand. Um, this was a fantastic opener to the pay per view that really got me hyped up and riled up mm-hmm. um, for a, a good, solid show. Um, it delivered everything um, from the intricate choreography mm-hmm. that you would expect from a multi-person match, um, and a great it really finish. Showed and a great finish yeah. that, of course, plays into the story. Yeah. Um, it, it also hits. Um, it also hits differently because you know there's all this talk about, uh, especially now that the AEW Women's Division is on to come up. But I mean, quite certainly, um, this is a, almost indisputable. The WWE Women's Division is probably the strongest division. Yeah. Um, and has been for the last decade. I feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and this goes to show that the WWE Women. Uh, I mean, there are levels to the game. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying AEW Women's Division is bad anymore, but they still got some ways to go to catch up to, you know, your Biancas and Beckys and Askas. Yeah. you know. It's just a very different level. And because, you know, um, WWE's bench is deeper than this, is. considering the fact that Sasha and Naomi, etc. are not even in the WWE at the moment. <laughs> exactly. you know? So, 
there's so much to talk about here. Um, I love the finish. I love the idea that Bianca stole the win from Becky, yeah. who is the quote-unquote opportunist, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and it goes to show that uh, not just heels can do that, but faces too. Um, because it's a smart thing yeah. to do in a triple threat. You know? So Bianca is not just the strongest. She's not just the fastest. She's the smartest as well. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Um, I, I also love that all three women controlled at very uh, at different times, so it allowed um, you know, different people to shine. You know, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah, just yeah, true. It wasn't just the Becky and Bianca story. Asuka got a bit of shine after kind of disappearing for the last couple mm-hmm, of years. Mm-hmm, to be honest, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, and yeah. this is the kind of thing like we miss Asuka, and and this makes us miss her even more. Like mm. she should have been given so much more opportunities when she was champion as well, not to really showcase what she could do and all that, you know, give her, yeah, but never mind, I mean, this is a step in the right direction, though, again, WWE, knowing them, they always fuck it up in the future. Um, They are fucking it up now. I mean, exactly. Asuka hasn't, hasn't, hasn't won a match in months, Forever. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I have no idea why she's even inserted into this match, exactly, but okay. but whatever, it was still uh, nice to see. Because, yeah, because, I mean, Asuka just, like, exudes legitness, like, she feels okay. legit. Uh, and keep in mind that if you flash back two years ago, Asuka is probably the third most talented Japanese wrestler in the WWE uh, women's oh roster. Oh my god! You got, got Yoshirai. Yeah, Kairi said at number two and Yoshirai at number one. You know, but if this is your number three, oh my goodness! You know, this, this is what I mean by the depth of of the women's division at that time and still to this day. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, let's move on though. Okay. Um, to the two on one handicap match. Uh, MVP and almost. <coughs> um. Uh, before this match came out with a diss track uh, to Bobby Lashley mm-hmm. um, and then takes Bobby Lashley in a two-on-one handicap match. Uh, what do you think about this? Oh, this match of the night. I'm <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Uh, okay, first of all, I have to say that it's not as bad as I thought. Okay. But I really don't give a shit about this match. All right, we'll move on to a singles match between Kevin Owens and Ezekiel where the story is Kevin Owens is trying to convince Ezekiel that he is Elias. What do you think about this match? Uh, the match itself was actually not bad. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Owens is a good worker. And as is Elias, uh, I mean, Ezekiel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So this was actually quite a competitive match. And mm-hmm. um, I had fun watching this match, even though this yep. is an insane story, right? Um, I mean, it's not the most insane story I've seen from the No, WWE, no, of course so not. Of course it, not. But, yeah. but it's like yeah. this... Okay, like, I'm, 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 get, I, I get, I'm fine with the storyline, I guess. It's just a bit crazy like, that... Ah, whatever. Don't care about the story, but the two wrestlers in the ring, I think, uh, lived up to their expectations. Kevin Owens constantly yelling at Ezekiel. <laughs> yeah, Your Elias exactly. is the thing that, that, that makes the match for me. Same. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, good stuff. I mean, I, Kevin Owens should be in a storyline better than this. Yeah. But, but he always does uh, the best I, with what he's given. Yeah, yeah. He does comedy very, very well too. La. And if you don't think this is a comedy storyline, this, okay, something this is certainly a comedy story. Something's wrong I'm with I'm just... Disheartened also a little bit because Kevin Owens also deserves a lot more than this. Mm. Like I feel he should be in a, a B. Or, actually, you know this is actually a B story for WWE right now. Yes, yes, but considering the fact that Roman is taking time off, yeah, Cody Rhodes is injured. I think they will have no choice but to put Kevin Owens in an A story next because who else do they have left? Guess what? You know? The Elias story is not an A story. <laughs> No, no, I mean, like, Kevin Owens will be moving no, on I from know, the Elias story into an A story. Yeah, something where the championship and all that is involved. Uh. Yeah, I mean, considering all the releases over the past few years, you know, um, Kevin Owens is one of the last few top guys that they have left. It's actually a very depleted... Um, Stable. Top of the cut. Top of the cut. 
because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, WWE hasn't been able to make new stars, and Kevin Owens is a legit star. So Correct. I think you got you have to slot him in the main event title picture. Now there's no no choice, Agreed. right? Yeah. Um. Next up, we have a mixed six man tag team match Ooh. between Bullet Club and the House of Black. Um. I mean. <laughs> WWE's version of Bullet Club and WWE's version of House of Black Judgment Day. Yes. Um, AJ Styles, Finn Balor teams up with their new partner Liv Morgan to take on um, Discount House of Black, uh, Judgment Day, Damien Priest, H, and Rhea Ripley. Um, I thought this match was really fun. Actually, it was, what do you think? It was fun. Uh, I'm always very hesitant when it comes to a mixed tag team just because the the flow sometimes is cut due to the whole like you know changing of people and all that. Uh, but uh, I think this delivered um, more or less everything that I wanted from it. Uh, we got mm. Rhea Ripley looking strong as hell, you know. Yep. Um, and um, yeah, it was a good mix of uh everything lah, from the storytelling to the to great action from from uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm each is definitely. I mean, I, it's good that they put uh Lance as uh, Lance Archer, <laughs> Damien Priest. Priest. <laughs> Damien yeah. Priest, sorry. Damien Priest and Rhea Ripley with Edge to kind of like uh, give him... Uh, so he looks good throughout the entire match, lah, I feel. Mm. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, I, I enjoyed this. Uh, I think it's like a B-plus kind of match for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Rhea looks good as always. Um, I, actually, I actually think of all the people in this match, uh, Liv Morgan was the biggest eye-opener. Yes, you know, yes. She's a... Uh, She's the one that has been, I think, for the past couple of years, been constantly improving. There was a point where she was the weakest member of the of the riot squad. Yeah. Um, I think at this point there is even um, an argument to be made that she might be even better than than Ruby. Um, at one point, you know, there's only one botch in the match. You know, her topaz was yes. either, but there was just like one small thing. Yeah. Um, otherwise, she looked really, really good in this match, and like light years away from the Liv Morgan we saw a couple of years ago. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Yeah, yeah. If there's an award for like most improved player or something over the last couple of years, Liv Morgan might get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And also, it's funny that you say that. Um. It's nice to see Edge with uh Rhea Ripley and Damien Priest because um. You know what happened on Raw today? What happened on Raw today? Um. Damien Priest and Rhea Ripley uh kicked Edge out of Judgment Day. Oh. Yeah. Um. They replaced Edge with uh their new leader, Finn Balor. What? Yeah. Yep. Then what happened to Idris House? Uh, I don't know. Um, the story was like in the middle of the match, Finn Balor realized that he has lost his, um, no pun intended, itch. You know, he needed the the dark side back. Um, and then he approached um Damien Priest and Rhea Ripley after the match to usurp or do a coup, um, a coup de gras, shall we say? Oh, wow. Um, on on itch kicking them out, and then you know Finn Balor is the new leader of Judgment Day, So that's the story going forward. I think itch has turned back to a baby face. I don't know. Um, but this seems to set up an itch Finn Balor field, so I'm happy that Finn Balor gets something to do. Yes. Um, thanks for updating me on that. That's actually quite an interesting turn to the story, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, for a B story. Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, good job, Discount House of Black. Yes. Um, and also, Discount Bullet Club, I guess. <laughs> it's called Judgment D. No, Discount Bullet Club's on the other side. <laughs> AJ, and, AJ and Finn. I know, I know. I'm saying that uh, this uh, what House of Black is called Judgment Day. Um, yeah, sure, it's House of Black too. Um, <laughs> the, the same thing. It's like the franchise, you know. It's like Sons of Anarchy, but with different yeah. companies. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we got um Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. What do you think about this? Um, I liked it better than the Omos match. Sure. 
Yeah, because almost can't work. Yeah, but this too can. And this was relatively fun for what it was. It wasn't too long, so it didn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I I mean, from the vignette before, I understood the story. It's very, very simple storyline. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Madcap Moss, actually, not a bad worker, I feel. Madcap Moss is, is one of the most athletic guys yeah. um, that's kind of been burdened by... A um, damn stupid gimmick. WWE-ness la, of his gimmick la. but you know yeah, what you can do is la, is Cap Moss yeah you've been burdened by a stupid WWE name uh, keep in mind you know Matt Cap Moss is only the the second most stupid name in this uh, feud because the other name is Happy Corbin exactly <laughs> both so even in the relative I know remember when uh, Happy Corbin was Lone Wolf Baron Corbin exactly. and he was like this this biker badass, you know what? The, yeah, that was a days, long uh, time ago. <laughs> yeah, that was like an NXT zero point five. That was like Corbin and hair. When Corbin and hair, he was already boarding at that point. Was, I think he go, he, him going bald was the best decision. Yeah, I was like, how could I go going bald was the best decision for him too? Yeah, he looks way better bald than with the stringy um, long hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we have the WWE United States title match sure. where Theory, um, formerly known as Austin Theory, now just Theory, mm-hmm. uh, takes on Mustafa Ali in his hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that this is his hometown, it makes uh, it makes the, the finish very predictable. <laughs> but otherwise, I thought it was a pretty solid match from two workers who... Um, I think at one point in time, both of them who got carried 205 Live. It's nice to see them on the main roster mm-hmm. fighting mm-hmm. for a mid-card title. Um, I like both of these guys yeah. as workers. Um, and I think this was a solid showcase, yeah. if not nothing special. But hey, I mean, you, you get, I will take a match between Theory and Ali any Same. day. La, because um, I like these two guys Same. as wrestlers. What do you think? Uh, brilliant, simple storyline. I like that also. Um, Theory being the, you know, you, the perfect heel. Uh, yeah. Playing to the crowd and all that stuff. Ali being the perfect uh, baby face as usual. <coughs> I knew he was going to lose. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I loved how this ended as well. You know? I mean, yeah, we all just knew that Ali was going to lose. Uh, but it yeah. just made Theory look even more impressive for Sola. He's just such an asshole. La, that's why. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, in a good yeah. way. La, in um, a good way. In a great way, yeah. in a great way. Um, ever since uh, Theory joined uh, Gagano's family, mm. um, he, his comedy and character work has, has really shot up. Like, See, I agree. Um, and, and he has taken that, that character that he was in the, the Johnny Wrestling family and spun it off into, you know, um, this Vince McMahon lackey. Um, he's clearly the chosen one right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad because like, he was a very young guy. I remember watching him back in Evolve yeah. um, 20, 2014, 2015. And I'm, I'm glad to see him uh, here, like, he's one of the rare NXT call-ups that actually really, really works right now. And that's because of his personality as well. Yeah. Like, he has a bigger than... Uh, he he knows how to pop his personality very well. And that's something you need if you go to main roster. Yeah, especially if you're small. Exactly, like, yeah, if you're small. You know, you need to do, be, you need to do a Shawn Michaels, essentially. Like. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um... Is there anything else you want to talk about before the main events? Anything that happened in between the pay-per-views that I missed? Um, no, I mean, the, it was quite standard fare. Uh, I had fun up to this point. I didn't feel... Mm. Up to this point, I didn't feel anything was too long or too short. Um, it kind of was an okay pay-per-view up to now. Right, right, right. Yeah. With one with one five-star match. At which, the beginning, which, at the beginning, yeah. correct, correct. You know, um, WWE always does this very well. They book okay, yeah. their pay-per-views with one five-star and then another five-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Hell in a Cell match, the trilogy, the third match mm-hmm. between Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. And there's no way we can discuss this match without first talking about 
the purple and blue and bloodshot elephant in the middle of uh, Cody's chest. Mm. Um, um, you know, uh, one look at Cody's thorn pectoral when he removed his jacket um, made me clutch my chest. It was such a great um, reveal, reveal. You know, the, the fact that he didn't take off his jacket until after the ring introductions yeah. were made. Um, it was such a good reveal that it took the air out of the arena. I think uh, for the first like ten minutes of the match, the most of the crowd was visibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Right, watching the match because was you quite know silent. how pain it was. Dude, yeah, yeah. I mean, this this wasn't some sort of like worked injury. Yeah. It was. Uh, he, this also uh, like he Amber Heard putting fake makeup on her bruise, you know. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So if you had missed the news, um, Cody tore his um pack clean off the bone uh, sometime between Monday and Hell in a Cell. training, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and like rather than book something else because again, as we talked about, um, they have no other true options for the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody had to power through. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, since we're on the introduction sure. also, uh, Seth coming up with, uh, with, with the polka dot uh, gear uh, was really good. Yeah, it was. Um, antagonize, psychology. Antagonize uh, his opponent, uh. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, mocking his DC's father and everything, you know. Um, really good stuff. But then it was quite upshot by um, Cody just taking off his drink jacket like, to reveal the <laughs> yeah, contract. Exactly. Um, I guess before we get into the match itself, which I thought was fantastic, sure. um, like, do you think Cody should have been allowed to wrestle this match? Um, honestly, I don't have a problem with it if the wrestler is willing to go through with it. Mm. Uh. I mean, I know he's in incredible pain. Mm. I mean, it's a torn muscle, you know. But perhaps, you know, he really took some medication and all that to kind of numb it off for the match, which mm. I'm sure he did. Um, mm. But, yeah, if he's willing to risk it, then go for it. Like, you know, like what? I think this is the kind of attitude that Vince McMahon is looking for as well. Mm. You know, you want to be the main guy, you have to show up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and this was Cody kind of telling all of us that like, he will show up, like, you know, that he is willing to go above and beyond to provide mm. us a night of entertainment. Like. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Props to the man for the guts and the valor. Mm. You know, it, it protects him as a, a, a tough guy, like a genuine tough yeah, guy in the exactly. industry who, li- who literally wrestled with one arm and one tit, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know... I, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all all kudos to to Cody Rhodes. Like, I really respect what he did. What what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the same time, also like WWE shouldn't have let him wrestle. Like, um, you know, it's it's kind of the same mentality as like fighters wanting to fight, but corners stopping it. You know, I yeah. feel like there aren't enough corner stoppages uh, to protect their fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like you need to protect the wrestler from themselves. Sometimes, um, yeah, yeah. And I think this was one of those cases that okay. because like this wasn't. Some sort of small injury. It wasn't like a cut or something. Yeah, I understand. Uh, it just, I think from my perspective, is because it's a non-hit injury. And it's mm. not, nothing, there's no broken bones per se. It's just a torn muscle. I know I just said just a torn muscle, mm. but what I'm saying is that in the grand scheme of what wrestlers get injured with, like, you know, uh, Ray Phoenix when he broke his elbow. Sure, but you know, yeah, but he was removed from the match. Yeah, I you know. What I'm saying is that you cut those kind of injuries, you really cannot wrestle. Like, but what I'm saying is that I think he still could wrestle. It's just that mm. um, as long as it's a non hit injury for me, I'm fine if the wrestler is willing to power through. Obviously, uh, I would rather they recover and wrestle. You know, I mm. nothing for me. I will still. I I don't. I won't disrespect. I won't respect you less just because you are out for an injury. 
injuries happen in this yeah. industry, like we know, like, you know, how many wrestlers you've seen, you know, go through. So devastating mm. injuries and all that. So yeah, if you wanted to mm. take it off and replace it with something else, then yeah, it wouldn't have I mean, but I'm glad he didn't also because we got an epic uh epic match out of it. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. part of the thing that I was sort of building up earlier on by, by saying that WB has no other options is that I think there was some also pressure from Cody because WB had no options for this match. <laughs> That's true. Like they couldn't have inserted anybody Triple else H. because there was no, oh, no. there was nobody on Cody's level and, and Triple H also similarly has chest problems, <laughs> you know. Um his wife was fired from the WWE. So I mean what what are you gonna do now, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> uh but with all that out of the way, I thought um, you know, uh I I, I have to valorize uh Cody Rhodes that despite me thinking he shouldn't have done the match, it was a gutsy, ballsy thing to do for the love of the game, as he mm-hmm. tweeted. You know, um, kudos to him. With all that out of the way, this was a great match with an even better story. Um, Cody and Seth, you know, kind of um, use Dusty's name a lot as the the underpinnings of this match, um, and not just using you know who's Dusty's best kid, you know, um, at the NXT standout or Dusty's actual kid, but also mm-hmm. tying that into who is the best heir to Triple H. Yeah. You know, with with Seth Rollins at one point being. Triple H's chosen one, yep. and 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 Cody, you know, the guy who broke the throne, but now has come back to become the heir to Triple H. You know, um, it revealed itself as the match was was going along. I thought the story was layered and nuanced and complex. I thought the action, while simple, was brutal and captivating because of the big target on Cody's chest. You know, the candlestick shots to it, the punches to yeah. it, um, um, everything. Like Cody took table bumps with a thorn pack and stuff like that. It made the audience wince and feel mm. anything, you know. Mm. Um, feel everything that Cody was going yeah. through. I felt his pain, uh, like by proxy. Same. Um, any offense that Cody um gave birth to was a bit short lived because again, you know, he he was working with one arm. Um, Seth whipped Cody with his own strap. Yep. Um, he threw him shoulder first into the cell, hit that shoulder with a candlestick, mm-hmm. jammed that candlestick into Cody's chest. Um, Cody used a cow, uh, a bull rope. To um to to get a brief semblance of advantage, but you know it didn't last. You know, yeah. Um, the anguish on Cody's face was real because it was real. Uh, but I guess there was um adrenaline in his soul. Yeah, something, something. Cody Rhodes, and that that was the match. Like, that was the story of the match. What do you think about it? Um, I agree with everything that you said. Um, yeah. one thing that uh, one thing I want to add is that. I realized this was one of those hells in the cells where it was like it was relatively ground based. There was no like yeah yeah climbing out. You think Cody? You know, yeah, yeah, I know. Cody could of climb. course, of course. And I thought that was fantastic <laughs> just because of like how they captivated us. You know, we didn't even realize that there was no like crazy shenanigans and all that that we expect from a hell in a cell. You know, uh, the the sh- crazy shenanigans was on Cody. Exactly. Road. You know, so so that that our focus was just on that, and that was enough, really. And yeah, and yeah, um, I mean that there was using of the sledgehammer and yeah. the pedigree and everything. And the, that those were those were enough big moments, exactly. so you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so in the end of it all, uh, had a lot of fun in this match. Really, five out of five, uh, just because mm. of the, the 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 visual of Cody Rhodes going through all this, you know, to mm. to 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 kind of rest, kind of like. Put a stamp. Save the pay-per-view, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. save the pay-per-view yeah. and put a stamp on, 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 on his father's legacy in that sense. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what a tough guy. Yeah. Um, happy happy cover, that man. he's okay. 
happy that's okay after the match. A torn pack is usually three to four months, right? Yeah. So he should be back before before the end yeah, of the year. Exactly. Um, I feel Cody is winning the Royal Rumble next year. What do you think? Go for it, man. Let's go. I think I think Cody Roman is the natural story. If if the Rock the Rock seems to be too busy for, you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. V, um. If if The Rock is unable to do WrestleMania, Cody Roman is the natural story here. Yes. Um, unless somebody wins money in the bank and takes the WWE Championship off Cody Roman, mm. uh, sorry, off Roman, because uh, Cody wants specifically the WWE Championship, not the Universal Championship. So he can transition to the winner of the Money in the Bank, like, You know, whoever wins that takes it off Roman, and then you know go off lah. Um, money in the Bank is next month. Um, are there any good options to win Money in the Bank? No, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of all the wrestlers. KO has to be in it. Uh, I think Seth, despite being 0-3 against will have Cody, no choice. Has to be in it. Yeah, there's nobody else. Yeah. H, I yeah. guess, will be in it. Mm-hmm. AJ will be in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omos will be in it. <laughs> I, I yeah, know you yeah. laugh at it, but I got a feeling he'll be in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. Actually. Yeah, and a bunch of others. Are, but yeah, it's really like, what's happening? Like, where's all the big superstars, you know? Uh, I, I would. I think now is the time to pull the trigger on Riddle. I think Riddle should win it. Ooh, my God, that would be beautiful, though. I think Riddle versus Roman would be a good match. You know what? This is actually the best thing to happen to WWE. They can actually build new stars. They are forced They're to, forced to like there's nobody else. You can't call WWE's back any legends, also. Absolutely. Uh, well, John Cena is coming back next week. So. Yeah, but that's John Cena. That's for like a temporary. You know, it's a temporary thing. Oh, you think that? Yeah, wait till John Cena wins later, money in the bank. John Cena <laughs> is still around. He's like all he's like undisputed champion, and he's like, oh my god, you're right. I shouldn't have said that. Now I I think John Cena is going to be undisputed champion. Yeah, wait till John Cena wins money in the bank. You know, um, and then Goldberg wins the rumble, oh, and then you get no, like John, John Cena versus, versus Goldberg. Goldberg. Oh fuck that shit. Yeah, and then Undertaker comes back. You know, you know how WWE is. <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't. Yeah, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. Uh, tempt the gods. <laughs> Don't don't yeah don't you know, <laughs> uh but yeah that was the WWE um hell on the cell um how would you rate the pay per view overall I actually would give it um A minus actually yeah I I, I yeah, yeah I thought it was funny A minus that's a good one like four out of five you know yeah, yeah yeah um I thought the first and last match a little bit um the action in the middle particularly highlighted between uh Bullet Club and House of Black uh were quite good yeah. um and even the matches I didn't like wasn't offensively bad, <laughs> exactly like know? even the overall match was okay. Yeah, yeah. Except for that one point where almost you know ran into the barricade, and then the com the commentary tried to sell how fast he was going. I was like, no, bro, was- that was not what. I was like, what? <laughs> I could run like double faster than that. And, I know. And I so could I? And I'm, I'm. We are not athletes, and we are very unfit. Exactly. And and the fact that like almost made me go, man, that was slow. Yeah. Like that's that's not what I want to see in my athletes, man. Athletes need to be superhuman, right? Exactly. Yeah. That was not. That was subhuman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Weirdly, you know, uh, man, almost one of the worst workers I've ever seen. It's it's quite shocking like, how bad he is, um, and quite shocking how far he's been pushed up the cut. Uh, he's just a big guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, get get uh, almost off my screen. <laughs> um, unless, unless he wins money in the bank, then I don't know what to say. Already. I mean, I hope they don't go that far, lah. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we move on to the news topics, I'm going to be talking about the day before mm. Hell in a Cell WWE put on NXT in your house 2022, a pay per view event 
for NXT. I held at the PC. Uh, sorry, not pay-per-view. Uh, what do they call it now? Um, premium live events. Yeah. Um, it's no longer called pay-per-views. Um, the premium live event NXT in your house took place. This was a very fun card. Mm-hmm. I do have to recommend three particular matches. The opening match was really, really hot. Ooh. The opening match between the D'Angelo Mafia family versus Legado Dog uh, Fantasma. Um, Joaquin Wilde, Raul Mendoza, who's now known as Cruz del Toro and Santos Escobar, took on Tony Gangelo with uh, his two new henchmen, uh, Channing, Two Dimes Lorenzo, and Troy Donovan in a Mafia versus Cartel type story uh, uh, for, the bet- for the battle of the streets of NXT. Orlando, Florida? I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Sure, but but that, that was the, that's literally the story that they're yeah, being yeah, told. Yeah. Like 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 two crime families are fighting over the car park at NXT. Something. Uh but they're fighting Looks over like something. Full and sale. The, full sale, yeah, fighting over control of full sale, you know. The most lucrative opportunity yeah. in organized crime is uh, NXT full sale. Um actually they're not even at full sale anymore, they're at the PC. Oh yeah, they're at PC, yeah. That's worse. They're in a ware- they're, they're in a warehouse. But okay. Uh they want to fight for control over this warehouse. Um and it has a very interesting stipulation. The stipulation was that whoever loses this match has to be merged into the other family as their new henchman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so um the D'Angelo family one, oh, no. meaning uh Legado del Fantasma is now working for the D'Angelo family oh, wow. as henchmen. That's actually not a very not a good idea. Not a bad idea. The crowd was so hot for this match. Um, these two new guys, uh, Channing Lorenzo and Troy Donovan, who I've never seen on the indies and have been signed to NXT for only like a month, mm-hmm. um, are really, really good wrestlers. I would go even so far as to say that they're better than Tony Agenjo. Um, Legado and the D'Angelo family put on an incredible six-man tag. This was a must-watch match. Um, if not just for the, the hypeness of the crowd, uh-huh. uh, the stakes at the end, and he has a very, very creative finish as well. Um, and one of the stories that I'm eager to see play out, because I want to see like, man, what does Legado do as members of the D'Angelo crime family? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It is. Um, another very good match on the card. This one is a bit of a no-brainer. Carmelo Hayes takes on Cameron Grimes for the North American title. Um, those two names already tell you that this was going to be a minimum four-star match. Yeah. And it was. And it was. This was a very, very good match between Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Where Carmelo Hayes um, defeats Cameron Grimes to take back his North American title okay. that he lost in the ladder match uh, a couple of months ago. Um, Cameron Grimes had a very short reign, but a very fun reign. Mm. Um, and I think this feud is going forward still. Um, I, I, I could watch them feud forever. This is very, very good. Um, the final match that uh, I have to recommend uh-huh. um, is... The Creed brothers, Brutus Creed and Julius Creed, uh, take on Pretty Deadly, um, the NXT Tag Team Champions. Pretty Deadly, if you don't know, uh-huh. um, at one point were jobbers in NXT UK. Their, their entire gimmick is that they are male models, uh, Zoolander-type male models who are wrestlers. Oh, nice. Um, so a bit like somehow, uh, fashion police. Uh, yeah, but they take themselves seriously. Oh, okay. That's different. Like, Fashion police don't. Yeah, they don't. Like, they take themselves very seriously. Uh, but Pretty Deadly have somehow come into the NXT Tag Team Championships. Um, so they are the NXT Tag Team Champions. The Creed brothers were issued an ultimatum by Roderick Strong. If you are unable to beat this fucking comedy team, you will be kicked out of Diamond Mine. Oh, uh, yeah. Which had uh, good stakes to it. Um, the Creed brothers and Pretty Deadly actually put on a really well-crafted match. Um, I, w- I would even say it's, it's one of the best matches of the weekend, actually. Um, Creed Brothers are really proving themselves as one of the new NXT tag teams that are on the come up. Yep. Um, 
they are the authors of plane as I called them many many times. Yeah. But this uh, match in particular showed a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. a lot of character work, um, particularly with the Creed family in the audience. Um, at one point, um, Brutus and Julius almost cheated to win the match, but you know, um, the Creed, uh, the Creed's uh, father figure, the father. The, the the patriarch mm. uh, stood up and told them not to cheat, you know. Um, so they almost lost because of that. But in the end, they ended up winning with honor. Uh, this was this was a really really solid and well put together match. I would also recommend this very very highly. Creed Brothers versus Pretty Deadly. Um, who would have thought that the authors of Plane and this model comedy tag team from NXT UK uh, would be at the top of the NXT tag division? But they're really and good and and me not minding. Yeah, yeah, this this was really solid. Um, unfortunately, there were several matches that underdelivered. I think the Braun Breaker Joe Gacy feud. Oh, that was has the main si- event, right? That was the main event. Is it's it's silly to the extreme. Um, Joe Gacy is the new Bray Wyatt here as a cult leader, whatever. Um, they they, they delivered a solid match. It's just that the story brought it down. Ah, okay. Um, Mandy Rose versus Wendy Chu was pretty underwhelming. Uh, Toxic Attraction versus uh, Katana Chance and. Kaden Carter was not bad, okay. not bad, but um, nothing special. Uh, but yeah, there was NXT in your house. Um, any, any, any of the matches there or whatever stood out to you? Um, I'm guessing the pretty daily one stood out to me, lah. Mm. Uh, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, right? They are called. Yep, yep. So they are. I mean, you know them actually more than me, lah, because you you watch NXT UK, right? They were jobbers in NXT UK back in the day. Oh, la. okay. They did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I've I've never seen them win a single match. So like when I stopped watching NXT for a few months, right, and I came back and they were suddenly not just not in NXT UK, they were in NXT main and they were the champions. I was like, the fuck? You know? <laughs> they were okay, so they were NXT UK tech champions for last year and this year, lah. NXT UK tech champions. Apparently. Pretty deadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So like when, when I stopped watching, I was like, whoa, when did that when did these guys become main eventers? But apparently they are but I think it's because they are good. Yeah, like, like yeah, I la. always like them as jobbers, you know. Okay. Yeah, la. then good lah, they got a bit of shine. And now they're the current tech champions lah. Well not anymore. I mean they just lost it, la, right? But they were the yeah, yeah. champions before lah. Yep, absolutely, man. Okay. Um it was it, it was the case of like, you know, when you watch like Raul Mendoza and Fabian Eigner and stuff like that, you're like, Oh, these jobbers are actually pretty good. They could make them champions. Mm. And you'll be legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and, yeah, it was like these guys. Nice. I would, I would definitely catch, catch more NXT if I got the time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's not a great product. It's certainly not nowhere near NXT 1.0 levels, but solid. Yeah, solid that's la. good. La. Yeah. Um. Now let's move on to our first news item. Like, kind of a big story mm. here. Uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi, uh, whose real names are Mercedes Vernado and Trinity Fatu. Um, two of the WWE's biggest stars and the current women tag team champions uh, walked out of a Monday Night Raw yep. taping on May 16th, mm. refusing to perform in the main event. Um, according to a very tasteless statement released by WWE, the two took issue with some creative decisions and then walked into WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis' office, with their suitcases in hand, yep. placed their tag team championship belts on his desk and walked out. Mm-hmm. Um, while walking out on a show is not unheard of, um, Sonko Steve Austin and CM Punk have both famously walked out over similar disputes. Um, Sasha and Naomi's punishment has been so swift and severe that it looks particularly bad. Um, but the reaction has also turned them into sort of folk heroes a bit. Yeah. Um, particularly for those critical of the WWE le- leadership, you know. Yeah. Um, it started during Monday Night Raw when color commentator Corey Graves announced that the pair had summarily and unprofessionally left the arena 
um, words that Corey Graves obviously were fed by Vince McMahon in his earpiece. Yeah. Um, and though the, the Raw team managed to write the main event walkout into a show and deliver a main event between Be- Becky Lynch and Asuka, that was fine. Mm-hmm. The WWE released a statement later that night to explain the absence of his tag team champions. Mm. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, the statement read. True. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed that they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they have had matches with those individuals in the past mm-hmm. with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. True. The statement seemed to confirm rumors that Sasha and Naomi had taken issue with a new storyline set to start that night that would have separated them just weeks after winning their tag team titles, something that they've been working on together since February and that saw Sasha Banks' very first emotional WrestleMania win um, just uh, this April. The storyline set to begin that night reportedly would have had Sasha and Naomi turning on each other with Naomi pinning Sasha, winning a shot to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship and then losing to Belair. Um, Sasha would then have challenged SmackDown Women's Champion Ronda Rousey before also losing. Um, and this would have put their tag team titles on ice as WWE utilized Naomi and Sasha's star power to generate more buzz for their individual champions, you know. Um, so a viral Twitter thread by someone who appears to be a friend of Naomi's, mm-hmm. um, or at least a fan she follows um, and interacts with online, alleged that um, they expressed their frustrations and then were called spoiled, told to fix their attitudes, yep. and there may have been some screaming, which ultimately led yeah, that's what I read to the, their, their decision to walk out. You know, um, in particular, like the thing that caught me was the statement's adversarial tone, which WWE has never quite done this before when when superstars walked out, right? The adversarial admonishing tone in the in the in the public statements, you know. Um, I feel particularly obtuse given re- recent events to say that Sasha and Naomi claimed they felt uncomfortable with two of their opponents that night is something that is almost certainly not true. What they felt uncomfortable with was the disrespect and the underutilization of the tag team titles or the tag team women's division of which they were, they were the champions. Yeah. This, to me, smacks more of FTR's concerns about why they left. Yeah. They didn't leave because they were underpaid. They didn't leave because they felt disrespected. They left because they felt their division was d- disrespected. What's the point of being the top stars in a division that means nothing? Right. Like the tag team division or the women's tag team division. Mm. Um, and the claim seems to have um, pivoted or um, spun mm-hmm. uh, what Naomi and Sasha were concerned about into something that made them seem unprofessional. Like they thought Dewdrop or they thought Nikki ASH were unprofessional and unsafe, which is not true. Um, what, what do you think about this whole thing um, and the, and the, concerns, the kind of condescending um, statements that were put out afterwards? I mean, WWE as usual sometimes just step on themselves. Lah. Like, mm. into their, you know, this can be handled quietly, I felt like, um, and salt actually, if people just listen. La. Sometimes yep. work conditions are, I mean, we are not privy to what's happening at the back. And if two of your, I mean, Naomi being a super long veteran, right? Mm. Sasha, who is one of your top stars, if those two people are saying that something is wrong and are ready to walk out, right? Mm. I mean, there must be something wrong, lah. Yeah, it cannot be. I mean, if everything was fine and dandy, they won't do that. What? I, I mean, Naomi in particular. I think Sasha does seem to have a bit of a, yeah, but, a reputation for doing things like this. Sure. But Naomi in particular exactly. seems like a very, 
company person. She's always been a very company person. Yeah. Uh, she's she's done like dancing gimmicks. She's fought through um, racist angles yeah. and stuff like that. And she's always done it, you know. But this seems to be like for Naomi to walk out is the thing that really struck me. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Sasha walks out because you know Sasha has mainstream crossover appeal. She's been on Mandalorian. Her cousin is Snoop Dogg and everything. She doesn't need WWE, you know. But yeah. Naomi is the one person I was like, wow. Wow, if Naomi walks out, something is very wrong, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, whatever la, they, whatever the case is. I mean, I, I I was watching, I think even SmackDown addressed it also, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Pat McAfee's reaction, right? Yeah. Of disbelief. was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah, he was like confused. And then yeah, I watched the podcast later also. Uh, mm. And yeah, he also was just like dumbfounded like why suddenly it was so... Like he was just like, I mean, he has, he had to toe the line also, like, because he's a WWE employee and as well as his own podcast, right? So it was an interesting balance that he mm. struck, like, yeah, of supporting the the stars and at the same time supporting the company that he's working for. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and and to be clear, I I don't think we actually uh, minded Corey Grace or Michael Cole reading those statements no, no, because no. I think they had no I think they had no choice either 100%. similar to Ben yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's not it's not their words they have re- they're obviously parroting what Ben told exactly. them exactly we know that I mean as long time WWE guys we know that what I'm afraid of yeah. is that they're not addressing the, the issue that Banks and Naomi is raising and just like the, bashing yeah. them without fixing it and that's worse I feel not just bashing them, they've actually taken all of their merch yeah, yeah, off, off the shop. Yeah. So they can't, they can't earn any money at, the moment, at this point. Exactly. Now. And you know, um, you are literally talking about Sasha Banks, like a historical WWE figure right now. No longer just a, a superstar, but literally one of the what, black women to headline WrestleMania, mm. right? Along, alongside Bianca. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, you are really not... <laughs> I mean, the optics are just very bad for WWE right now, lah. I feel. Yeah, particularly with this, lah. Yeah, particularly with yeah. this. Um, I do. I think it's right for them to walk out of the show. Um, number one, actually, it seems like they didn't walk out on the show. It seems like they walked out hours before the show, and then Vince only found out during the show. Mm. Um, which is different, you know. Um, yeah. CM Punk and Stone Cold famously have done the same things too, lah. Yeah. Uh, but both of them actually not same punk. But uh, Stone Cold did come back lah, and and um, mended fences. Do you do you foresee any mending of fences here, or do you think that this is it for Sasha and uh, Neil? Honestly, and if I was WWE, I'd fucking mend the fence. Mm. You have a you have a competitor that is growing every day. You don't want to mm. feed them more talent. <laughs> You know, sure, sure. Um, I don't think if Sasha leaves the WWE, I don't think she's gonna continue wrestling. You know? No, I, I, I know. I mean, regardless, like, even if let's say she doesn't continue wrestling, it doesn't matter. You're still now missing one talented, two talented wrestlers. Yeah, one very talented wrestler and one mainstream crossover star. Yeah. You know, in Sasha Banks, you know, Sasha Banks who was in Star fucking Wars, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, whose cousin is Snoop Dogg, who has probably Hollywood opportunities. No, who's like, legit, a legit celebrity? Wrestling. Like people know who Sasha Banks is. I would even say, like, in the mainstream eyes, right, in the eyes of mainstream, casual fans, people who don't watch wrestling, mm. uh, they are more likely to recognize Sasha Banks than Roman Reigns. 100%, yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. I mean, Roman Reigns only has a handful of appearances outside of WWE, but he's known more for his WWE stuff. But yeah. Sasha Banks has already, you know, kind of done whatever, like, you know, Star Wars is one of them, uh, stuff mm. with Snoop Dogg, her own, yeah. like, 
her own like uh, branding has been great on Instagram and you know. Mm, so, absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. Uh, she's more mainstream appeal or more mainstream known lah. Then yeah, 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 and and to be honest, the AEW Women's Division could use a vet like like Naomi, you know, if they wanted to. Yeah, if they wanted to. So. Yeah. There are options for them outside. Like, um, WWE is no longer the monopoly as it was exactly. um, seven, seven, eight years ago. So I think they need to man fences. Um, and, but the thing is, the only way to man fences is not to pay them more money. No. It's not to make them bigger stars. No, figure it's, out how to make your, the, 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 the division better. Yeah, yeah. Or like, why have the division if you're just going to use their champions as cannon fodder for the, for the singles champions? You know? Exactly. Hmm. It's a very um I and, and the thing is I don't see WWE fixing that. So I don't see Them Sasha and Naomi coming yeah, back. Same. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very unfortunate turn of events. Um Agreed. yeah. Do you do you feel like um they promised that they were gonna do a women's tag team tournament to crown new champions? Yeah. Um they promised that uh as of now, four weeks ago. Uh it hasn't happened, so I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't neither do I actually. Uh um, there was one point in time back in 2003 or four when um, I forgot who was it. Uh, the Cruiserweight champ- oh, Hornswoggle uh, retired, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, the Cruiserweight Championship was uh, stripped. And then they promised that they would uh, do a tournament to crown a new Cruiserweight Champion. Um, I guess they did fulfill that promise um, uh, 13 years later uh, yeah. with the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, so it might be the same, like, It might be like thirteen years from now, we'll get a women's tournament finally. Yeah, maybe. But but they but but they won't do it within the year. I I don't think they even care. I don't think they have enough tech teams to fill out a tournament. Exactly. Yeah, man, this is this is such a uh, this is so emblematic of what's wrong with WWE. Like. Yeah. Mm. And what to do, right? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you think there's any way that they fix this? Um. Like create legit tech teams, make it like more of a more of a real division to satisfy us. I don't think so, you know. I think it's too. But, but I it, think for them, I think they'll see it as too much work for them. Too much work, uh, yeah. With five hours of TV, and <laughs> exactly. you know, the same, the same four guys exactly. uh, headlining all the time. Yeah, nah, yeah. I know it doesn't make sense, but I think that's how they see it. Um. Yeah. 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 Like we, I will always our main complaint is that we only know how to do like one or two stories at a time. Yeah. Um, then they can't fill out like a 10-match pay-per-view because, you know, the, exactly. then it will be like ha- Happy Corbin versus Matt Catmoss for the like 48th Yeah, time. like your entire Raw and SmackDown uh, properties are just dying slowly. You know, mm. they've been bleeding, they have been bleeding non-stop for the past 10 years. Yeah. You know, and you're doing nothing to change anything. You're lucky that there is a core fan base and there's mm. a bunch of new fans that come in, but those new fans also leave after two years, you know. Like yeah yeah um they're very lucky with the fox deal as well exactly you know you have it's just I don't know lah I mean they are on the, I mean and, and they're just letting their 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 opponents really grow into something you know, it, because AW is nowhere threatening them right now no not at all you yeah. know but if you give it another five ten years right then you're yeah. gonna feel it if you don't do anything about it you have such a hit big hit start to change your product to something better and more you know update for the modern times and all that. Right now, we are only watching the fucking pay-per-views because we cannot stand watching Raw and SmackDown week to week. I mean, Raw only has 300,000 more viewers than uh, Dynamite. It's not that far off, actually. Exactly. Yeah. You know? It's not that far off. Yeah, they're, they're still the market leaders, but the gap is closing, I feel. Exactly. 
Yeah. Um. I mean, they used to have like two two million more viewers, you know. Then exactly. Yeah. Then AW and the, that was the gap has shrunk. That was like three years ago. Yeah, and and the gap has shrunk like quite considerably, lah. And the only reason SmackDown does so well is because of the different platforms they're on. Like one is on network TV, which is available in hundred percent of American homes, while the other is on cable, which is not yeah. available in hundred percent. Correct. Yeah. Ah oh, man. Um. Yeah. Sad to see WWE like this. I want to see WWE succeed. Same. I want to see Sasha Banks wrestle and Naomi wrestle, but. Uh, I can't right now, and that's it, lah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that, I mean, I would love to see Sasha in AEW, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Sasha, if she ever leaves WWE, she will be a Hollywood person. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's it, lah. I want to see Sasha versus Thunder Rosa or something. That would be great. Same. Uh, let's move on to a very, a s- similar but different contract dispute. Mm-hmm. Um, MJF. Mm. Um, after a weekend of drama in Las Vegas. Wrestling fans were very interested in what Maxwell Jacob Friedman would say on the post uh, pay-per-view Dynamite. Would he address no showing a meet and greet at the Double or Nothing Fan Fest? Would he sell his lots lost to Wardlow where he was stretched out? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I thought you know at the, at the point when we were reviewing the pay-per-view, I thought that was their way of writing out MGF. You know, mm-hmm. if contract, um, if the contract dispute wasn't sorted by then, lah, you know. Um, this was the a way to explain why MJF is not on TV because he was stretched out, was power bomb ten times. Uh, they put the oxygen mask on his face wrongly, <laughs> uh, upside down. <laughs> uh, but no, on both counts, um, MJF or should I say Max Friedman? Mm-hmm. He took off the scarf and he said, "This is not MJF talking. This is Max Friedman talking." Mm-hmm. As he clarified to let us know, this was quote unquote real. Uh, definitely addressed all the issues he said to have had with Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, he reeled on the fans. Uh, this portion included a lot of smart references to things like star and television ratings, mm-hmm. stealing the show and outworking people. Um, it was not generally received at first by the fans in LA. Um, they were telling him to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. It was booed the way you expect a promo mocking the marks in the seats to be treated. Like they were, he was booed. And then he transitioned into his issues with Tony Khan, mm-hmm. which included gripes about pay about not being appreciated. His lines about the ex-WWE guys Khan's brought in Mm -hmm. got big cheers from the LA crowd. Suddenly, they were on his side. Uh, Because it is true that people like Swerve Strickland, Malachi Black, CM Punk, Christian Cage are being paid, according to if the reports are true, up to four times more than MGF is, which is startling. Um, then they became a bit of unsure how to react to MJF's final message though, because he doesn't want to wait until his contract expires in January 2024. Mm-hmm. He wants Khan to fire him now. He looks straight at a hard cam and says, fire me now. And then the way AEW cut his mic and faded to black after he started dropping F-bom- F-bombs, you know, he called his boss a fucking mark on live TV. Yeah, he did. You know. um, so, clearly... Despite what this promo says, clearly the contract issues have been sorted, right? And we've turned this into a work. Is that what you think? Because that's what I think. I mean, if it's on TV, it's a work. If it's yeah, not on yeah, TV, I've... maybe it can be a shoot. But if it's on TV, it's a work shoot. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so it's, here's my thought process on this. Sure. I feel like him no, sh- no showing fan fest and uh, the drama behind the scenes at Double Nothing was real. Yeah, same. I feel like after the Wardlow match, he had a meeting with Tony Khan and I think they sorted things out. And then they decided to turn the real life drama into a work, into a work shoot angle. Is is that what you think happened as well? Yeah, exactly that. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, that I I love that AEW is adapting that really fast. Like they're taking out all his spots that he appears in, 
hmm. all the TNT and TBS uh, where all the stuff he appears on that all taken out. There's some edict from Warner Brothers saying that to remove MJ from all promotional spots and commercials for AEW programming for going forward. Hey, like, um, like Warner Brothers keeps kayfabe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Warner Brothers Discovery is keeping kayfabe. I fucking love I that. I love that. Yeah, yeah that you're, you're legit like, okay, la, let's go with this. La, I don't mind. I, but I'm, I'm I just, know. I'm just, I'm really, really wondering where all of this is going and I can't wait to see lah. You know, I I love that uh, they didn't even upload um the the promo to social media or YouTube. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, oh, they uploaded it at first for like half an hour and then they deleted it mm-hmm. as if as if like Tony Khan made them delete. It, yes, you know, exactly. Like they, yeah. it was a, like they did it like uh you know like it's a scheduled thing, right? Like okay, we upload all this stuff and suddenly yeah. oh, you can't find it. Like I think like an hour later mm. or like half an hour later is gone, right? And I'm like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very smart. Um and not only that on AEW shop, you know. Um MGS profile page has been removed. Yep, yep. Um you can't even find his DVDs, you can't find his merch or anything. They've removed everything from their social media accounts. Yeah. Um so either this is really a shoot which I don't believe it is at this point mm-hmm. because you would not give MGF like a 10 minute segment on live TV uh-huh. in LA where Warner Brothers Discovery executives were there uh-huh. to celebrate exactly. their new deal right you know they were in the audience you know and, and MGF was addressing I mean the way he opened that promo is like oh I see you have a lot of uh, big shot Warner Brothers Discovery executives in the audience yeah. it would be a shame if something happened <laughs> exactly uh, and that 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 uh, like clearly sparked to me like oh this is a work uh. they 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 worked out their issues and they're turning it into a work. Um, I think this is fantastic. This is a bit um, there were there were some parallels to the CM Punk pipe bomb. Uh, but I think this is more in line with uh Brian Pillman's loose cannon um mm. angle that that WCW did and WWE did at one point. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, a little bit of Stone Cold in there also. Sure. Um, I think this com- this combines like three of some the greatest angles in the in wrestling history into something very unique to MJF. Um, and it further c- cements MJF as the best character worker in the industry at the moment. Agreed. The best m- mic worker. This is like what his second or third promo of the year. You know, like he had the bullying po- promo yes. um, earlier in the year. Yes. You know, like he had so many promos of the year already. Um, and it's just June. Yeah. yeah, MJF would would deliver three or four more like, before the year is out. You know, um, he is such a big star. He he, I think he's being paid what he wants right now. I think the issues are settled. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this is going, and that's the beauty of yeah. it because with with WWE, I'm always like, when I don't know, I, I'm scared. When I when I don't know, I'm scared because I think WWE also doesn't. Know. Yeah, but this time we, we we are kind of excited to see where this goes. Yeah, because I think AEW has proven that they're very good with long term okay. storytelling. Yes. Um, and I think this is certainly a work. I think Tony Khan and Warner Brothers are in on it. Yeah, I agree. And, and I don't know where this goes. Does this lead to a match with Tony Khan? I don't know. <laughs> this is so weird. Oh, he becomes general manager. Or something, you know. This would be so weird. Yeah, it is. Um, Boy, but like, doesn't it make you excited to watch Dynamite and Rampage this week? Yeah. That's why I'm saying that see what- now the weekly shows I'm watching are all AEW shows because there's so many interesting stories that's happening. Yeah. Even that yeah. D story is interesting. Mm. You know? And I, I mean I yeah, exactly. So so why not? Just watch her. If it's entertaining, I don't mind watching it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh man, uh kudos to Tony Khan, AEW, and MGF for turning what could have been a major disaster for the company, especially after they just lost Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. into the hottest story of the year. Yeah, agree. Um, not just the hottest story of the year, one of the hottest stories I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Mm, yeah. 
indeed you know um on the downside though oh, yeah, what happened CM Punk um, oh, just a, just a few days after winning the AEW World Championship broke his foot yeah. on AEW Dynamite um so it seems based on camera evidence or the footage he didn't break his foot in the six in the six man tag do you know where he broke his foot where? when he still when he did the stage dive during his entrance no into the crowd yeah because when he came out from the stage dive he started limping oh no boy what a what a what an unfortunate turn of events for something yeah. that's not even wrestling related um you know it's one of those things where i think like cm punk was just so pumped he, you know he's the champion he's in la he was like fuck it i'm gonna do a stage dive and then this happens oh boy um the diagnosis is an extremely bad break um oh wow uh yeah, and, and and coming just days after he made the forty-three-year-old centerpiece for AEW, um, Tony Khan is was scrambling to to find a solution for this, and understandably, it caught Tony Khan in promotion off guard mm-hmm. during Rampage mm-hmm. this week, um, after CM Punk made a tearful uh, promo. Yeah, they decided to do an interim right tournament, right? They decided to do to institute not not relinquish. Okay, here's where the confusion came in. Yeah. You know, CM Punk stated in a promo that he wanted to relinquish the belt, but Tony Khan said he believes in him. Yeah. Uh so he's keeping the belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Chris Jericho kept reiterating on on commentary. Like Chris Jericho seemed to be off script. He kept saying, like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, he's relinquishing the belt. He said it multiple times. The belt is vacant, the belt is vacant, the belt is vacant. And then, like a few minutes later, AW issues like the the press like package, right? You know the the, the graphic, right? Saying that uh, they're going to have an interim world championship yeah. eliminator tournament. Yeah, exactly. And then the the rules of the eliminator tournament were like very fuzzily sketched out. I think, like as they were announcing it, they were still working it out, yeah, which were. made it seem very messy, lah. Um, and a lot of people were very critical of AW for doing it so messy, but I personally don't quite blame them for this messiness because. It's it, this was a situation that sort of just like dumped on them suddenly, like, and they were trying to figure it out as they were moving Agreed. along. And I think they have um, they have built enough goodwill in me for me to like kind of like close one eye and like okay, yeah, I don't mind it being messy just because I know how chaos it is, lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This wasn't Vince McMahon tearing up a script that they had written a few weeks before, like two minutes before Raw exactly. starts. You know, this was. This was a a develop a situation that was developing in real time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and they were scrambling to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so here is what we know. Here's what they've announced. Yeah. Now that everything's been cleared up, number one, CM Punk is confirmed not vacating his title. Nice. That one I know. On on two days from now on Dynamite, there will be a battle royal to kick it off. Let's go. The winner of the battle royal will face the number one ranked John Moxley. Yep. On the main event of Dynamite. Yeah, which makes sense. And then the winner of that uh, will go on to Forbidden Door to challenge for the interim championship. On the on the flip side, at New Japan's Dominion event on Sunday, June 12th, mm-hmm. this weekend, um, Tanahashi will wrestle Goto. The winner of that match will go on to Forbidden Door to wrestle the winner of the Battle Royal uh, versus John Moxley winner. So it's a, it's a bit of a mini tournament on both sides, on the NJPW side and on the AEW side. Yeah. So the winner of Tanahashi and Goto will take on the winner of John Moxley and the Battle Royal winner. Okay, well, that's not and, too bad. I mean, that's exactly what I understood also. La. Yes, yeah. Uh, but it, it took a, lot, a bit of passing. La, so yeah. there was a bit of real-time confusion. In that. So on June 25th at Forbidden Door in Chicago, the winner of Dynamite's mini event will face the Tanahashi-Goto winner. And I feel like Tanahashi is winning that. Like Goto is not winning this. Uh, and at some point in the future, when Punk comes back, there will be a unification match. You know, um, Which leaves us with a, some questions here. Um... Number one, who do you think is winning the Battle Royal to take on John Moxie? Uh, I think... Oh, wait. 
Hmm. Wow, there's question, actually right? so many good op- uh, opportunities for so many people. Remember how we were struggling to think of who should win the money in the bank? Yeah. I could like give you 10 to 15 options here and all of them would be good. Exactly. This is awesome. Yeah, that's the, that is the difference uh, yeah. I think between the two companies. <laughs> like, yeah. One is utilizing the deep roster and one is not. Um, <laughs> but like, who, who's, who's your personal preference? I guess, personal the, preference would be someone like, um, okay, the current, I mean, the, the champion that just lost. Hangman Page. Hangman Page. Um, okay. But if not Hangman, I would say... You know, like, it would be quite cool for, like, a Darby Allen kind of character to go for it. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Honestly, there's so many names. Like, I'm, this is just a top two on my head right now. But, like, if you let me think about it, I can add another 15 names for you. Um, Swerve. Swerve. Keith Lee. Keith Ricky Stark. Exactly. Jungle Boy. Exactly. Um, Malakai Black. Miro. Miro. Uh, Hangman Page. Yeah. Um, Phoenix uh, oh my God, so MGF many. will be a good option too MGF and then coming to this story and then he becomes interim champion hilarious yeah yeah yeah. and not just he becomes interim champion but he walks out of the company with the belt oh, oh. don't you think there'll be in, uh, like it, it mimics the CM Punk story it like. does and not only that but in, like Forbidden Door he has to fight in Forbidden Door as well right yeah against Tanahashi right I mean, yeah, um, a guy, a guy who is very vocally anti NJPW, who refuses to watch New Japan, who thinks that New Japan is a shit product. Exactly, and he has to fight Tanahashi for the interim belt, and then they say he lose. Oh, no, I mean, he'll win, lah. Yeah. But oh my god, imagine if, like I mean, if you flip that and NJPW, and NJPW guy wins the title. Yeah. <gasps> amazing, also. Either way, amazing. Oh, he- oh here's an, an option. Yeah. Um, MJF wins the interim title at uh Forbidden Door. Mocks and uh, NJPW and everything, uh-huh. and then and then walks out of the company. Uh-huh. Refuses to defend the interim belt. Pure chaos. Now, what do you do? Another title cannot be. I don't know, but it'll be interesting, right? Yeah. I just want to see like the the chaos happening. Do they have to crown an interim interim champion? <laughs> <Because> that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, MJF is also an option, and it'll be a good option amongst the laundry list of options yeah. I already said. I mean, because it can tie into this current storyline as well. Mm, mm. Yeah. And if you want to suddenly elevate Jungle Boy or Swerve or Keith Lee or Darby Allen, as you said, mm-hmm. or any one of these people, um, who have been doing I, really good work for the past three years, you know, yeah, Miro, Brian Danielson is out there too, still, you know, Brian um, Danielson, oh my god, which, which we, we didn't even men- we didn't even mention, you know, um, see, there's so many options, yeah, so many good storylines you can build from this man. This is a land yeah. of opportunity right here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're at a point where any of the people that, that we have mentioned or anybody they pick is not a bad option. There's, all of them are good options. Agreed. Oh, boy. Um, I'm so excited to, to, to watch this play Same. out, man. Uh, one last note. Speaking of injuries before we yeah, cap sure, off this ahead. episode of uh, Hard Hits, um, do you watch Rampage this week? Do you see um, Scorpio Sky tweak his knee yes, at the I end did, of it? Yeah. So, uh, are oh, we going to have an, another interview? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are there, is there news reports already? Um, he has, he's going he's undergoing MRI this week, so they'll know the severity of the knee injury. Like if it's uh, like a meniscus or something, it can come back in one or two weeks. Okay. Um, because if it's something more serious, then oh boy, I don't know, man. Okay. Um, the T- the TNT Championship itself has already had a, an interim championship, you know, with Sammy Guevara. So, are they going to do that again? It's going to make things seem very stale uh, with a championship that already feels stale. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but unfortunate. Uh, yeah. 
I kind of like him though. I really like Scorpio Sky. I like Scorpio Sky. If he's injured, then it presents a problem like, where like, man, why is this thing going around where all the champions are like getting injured? Never mind, just another interim champion. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't it be hilarious if Sammy Guevara won the AEW Interim World Championship? Like, he's always the interim champion for every championship. I love it. Like, he was, he was the interim TNT Championship and now he's the interim AEW Champion. That's not a bad idea. That would be hilarious. Like he's always the he's always the bright leader. I'm bright. always the interim champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But although he has won the TNT championship. Yes, but yeah, yeah. Like, that'll be that'll be hilarious too. Uh it will also be hilarious if he also became the interim TNT champion. Like he holds both belts, but he's interim for both. <laughs> you know what? If uh, Betsy did write a story like that and like execute it really well, right? It can work. Yeah, it can. It can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I, although with Sammy Guevara in particular, I kind of have no faith because they felt sort of dropped the ball on Sammy. In yeah. I mean, one of the few one of the few things that AEW has done very badly was the Sammy Scorpio uh, feud. Yeah, they um, did. And I don't want to see that again. Just to be honest. Same, same. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that wraps it up for this episode so of the Hard Hits Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, very very fast. We'll be back at the end of the month to talk about AEW Times New Japan's Forbidden Door event. We'll Can't talk wait. briefly about and. We'll talk briefly also about NGPW Dominion, uh, which is happening a few weeks before that. Impact's anniversary is happening as well. Mm-hmm. Lots to talk about, but obviously the, the the main topic will be Forbidden Door, which I'm so excited by. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now that we're going to crown a new AEW interim world champion exactly. um, at that point. And there's a potential that it could be either Tanahashi or Goto. So, hey, fascinating. Oh, it is right. It is so fascinating. Yeah, and the, and the card hasn't been announced yet, you know. Um, there was one match announced, CM Punk versus Tanahashi, but that match is out of the door, so they have to rebuild the card now. And man, a, a land of opportunity. Anything that they pick will be good. Yeah, agreed. Ah man, I'm excited. This was a, a quick one-hour show. We've talked about a lot of topics here. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that we didn't talk about in the world of wrestling that you wanna mention before we cap it off here? I'm I'm Nothing? I'm okay on my end. I think we covered mm. all the, the 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 big stuff that's happening. I can't wait for Forbidden Door. I think that's my uh that's something I'm really looking forward to. Lah. Yeah, yeah, and Forbidden Door doesn't even need like a build, you know. You could just announce match. Yeah. Like announce Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. with no story. You will sell tickets. Like, that's it's that kind of pay per view. Agreed. Lah. Um yeah, I'm excited for all of that. Um till next time guys. Uh this has been Hit Zero. I'm Hardy. Goodbye. Bye.